Hello and welcome. My name is Joel Martin, the host of the Morning Bell podcast. On today's episode, it's an all-Kiwi affair, as Ian and I are joined by J.P. Pumare. In the media section, we chat about Better Call Saul, the Netflix show Love, and The Umbrella Academy. For the topic, we talk about getting better as a writer, the tools that flood you when you're on your publication journey, and knowing when you are getting better. Josh has been on the podcast before, and it was an absolute pleasure to have him back. As always, if you have any questions, don't hesitate in getting in touch with me on my email, mailbox at thepenofjoel.com, or follow us on Twitter at specficvic. We'd love to hear from you. Also, Speculate is this week, on the 15th and 16th of March, and we would love to see you there. Don't hesitate to stop by to say hi. We always love meeting listeners and chatting. Thanks again, and we hope you enjoy listening. Hello and welcome to the Morning Bell Podcast. We are back at the Brunswick Street Bookstore, and I have my co-host with me this time. I say it like you weren't here on the last podcast, Ian. Yeah, What's right going here. on? Well, you, you know, I'm, I'm all right, thank you. You good? Yeah, I'm pretty good. It's, uh, you know, winter is coming. I it's mean, beautiful is what you mean. Both literally... And Game of Thrones wise, oh, no. so you know I'm I'll not taking the first. Yeah, take the first. It's very early for a Game of Thrones reference. Well, yes. I'm. Yeah, I know. Normally, when the trailer drop yesterday or something, <laughs> I haven't watched it. I'm just holding on. I mean, mm. we, we talked about this on the last podcast, so I won't get into it. But yeah, I'm, I'm doing all right because the weather is getting cooler, Joel. So it is beautiful. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, we have a guest as we usually do. JP Pomare, welcome to the podcast. Good to have you back. Yeah, thank you for having me back. Yeah, fantastic. So, this is an all-Kiwi affair, by mm. the way, so I'm very proud. That's the only reason Josh is even here, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. <laughs> we're good, and we'll sign off with that, and then yep. I've achieved bliss. We'll make sure fine. the accents are, are thick on the ground. Oh, I can't, oh, I, okay. I just, I'm just neutral. I can't. I know. Well, people I'm almost Australian now. Yeah. Are people struggle to pick... Like, some people pick it up. I hear it, but generally... They go to Brisbane, and everyone's like, oh, you're Kiwi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What are they, why do they talk like that? Yeah. Just figure it out. But then sometimes you meet someone who's been here for like, you know, I remember coming across a lady in checkout who'd been here like 20 years. <laughs> she sounded like my mum. Like, yeah. and my mum is just the thickest Kiwi accent yeah, yeah, you've ever yeah. heard. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. So but if did you, you like surround them with Kiwis and you live in Melbourne, you, you still get, you still yeah. retain it. Yeah. So I feel like if you move over with your family yeah, and they all have Kiwi accents, mm. you kind of just, you know. Yeah. And there's a lot of Kiwis in Brisbane. So yes. Yeah. On the Gold Coast. Gold Coast. Oh, wow. Coast, yeah. yeah. There's more Kiwis than Australians in the Gold Coast. <laughs> That's They're what pro- I hear. I think there probably is. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. mm. so incredible. It's, it's nice. Surfers Paradise, people. definitely. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. You can kind of get that. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing there except for sand and hot yeah. weather it's yeah. that it's that kiwis go to this this thing they don't have in new yeah. zealand i yeah. think that's what it is yeah. so many kiwis go because it's like hey it's warm they got a beautiful it's beach not black sand. but it's like tourism yeah. as well like you know you yeah. kind of everyone works in tourism in new zealand you just move over and like oh cool i'll <laughs> yeah go to yeah. service paradise i'll yes. have a nice time that's on tourist. the beach yeah. that's, that's true. not a thing you say in new zealand but um, I, I i couldn't handle it without the coffee in melbourne so here oh I am. yeah goodness yeah. I was talking to someone from America recently and they were talking about coffee and I said, no, you can't do that. You need to come here and then drink some coffee and then we'll talk about coffee. Mm. But yeah, it's apparently very, very different over there. It's not something I've been exposed to. So Yeah, that's yeah. true. There you go. I mean, they do black coffee really well. Do they? Yeah. yeah. Right. They do black coffee. Yeah. Well, they do like that bottomless yeah, filter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you get like a good, if you get like good filter, it's, yeah. it's great. It's um, a good time. 
But they, um, I don't drink much milk anyway, but if you get a milky coffee over there, mm. Cana- Can- Canadians thought it even worse. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. Can't say Maybe that. it's just Vancouver. Like, Vancouver's the least fashionable yeah, city right. on the planet. <laughs> and coffee's kind of like a trendy thing. Oh, yeah. And yeah. they go, they have like this thing, what is it? Is it like double-double, I think they call it. Double-double. Or triple-triple. Yeah. Like double cream, double oh. sugar. Oh. And it's horrendous. That sounds horrendous. I mean, at least if you go somewhere like Vietnam, they're going to like chuck, you know, you could chuck in some condensed milk, but it's, it's a different thing. Yeah, yeah. You know? It's like, it's like not even coffee. It's like their own. Yeah, it's not trying thing. to be yeah. Yeah. that. But, but I mean, when we visited New York, uh, like we've been there twice and the second time, like it was kind of more coffee places had sprung up. But when we went to LA after that, I just said, I'm just going to have Starbucks. <laughs> it was just easier yeah. just yeah. to say, this is just it. Let's just go with let's, it. Let's just have Don't Starbucks. Don't buy it. There's an Australian coffee shop in New York. There's mm. one in Brooklyn that's like just a standalone, but there's a chain that's kind of do Australian style. Yeah, um, you mean the blue? Is it blue? Something? Yeah, blue something. Blue, yes, blue something. We went there, and we also went to the one in Brooklyn. But they're like six dollars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, goodness. <laughs> well, we, <laughs> six US dollars. Yeah, yeah. you're like, <laughs> wow. Well, are you are you flying the coffee <laughs> yeah. from Australia? What, what I really enjoyed, <laughs> we went to the well, when we went to the Brooklyn one, we turned up there. It was really great, and my wife was so excited to go there. We turned up, we walked in, and we're just like, you know, wow, and, and, and my wife says oh we're so excited to be here we've come all the way from melbourne and the guy just said what do you want like what do you have yeah. i was like great i'm glad we came from melbourne because we're getting the same service this is the same <laughs> nothing's authentically changed authentically melbourne yeah. experience yeah, perfect uh, so i love that we was totally like oh oh well <laughs> well speaking about coffee josh and you can credit me with the greatest segue in the world you've been touring a lot wow. let's talk about Ooh. call me evie for a split second yeah sure Congratulations, Thank first, because hmm. it's a mass- massive success. Yeah. Debut author and all that. It's going well. Yeah. yeah. So how's the touring? You, you've been doing a little bit of it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. It's, what are we, we March? It's March now. Yeah, March, um, just about. So pretty much, yeah, solid for a couple of months. Mm. Um, and this is c- coming to the tail end of it. So yep. I go away this Friday and I'm away for like nine, ten days. And then when yep. I get back, it's I have three or four things on that week. Yep. And then after that, it's sort of, once a week yep. and they call it the long tail you know yeah, i'm supposed yeah, to be yeah. doing book clubs and things but i'm probably not going to do that <laughs> um but they but then it sort of becomes a bit more about me as opposed to them the work yep. marketing yeah. it and yep. advertising themselves so um yeah and that's and that's you know when the work is sort of over and i can choose to do a bit more i guess but i'm probably going to focus on writing again at that stage that's nice. um but yeah it's been really busy but it's been also super rewarding yeah um no one tells you because you, you, if you're a writer, you're probably introverted or an ambivert or whatever. Um, mm. No one tells you how horrible the, the touring is. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's really rewarding, like I said, it is mm. really rewarding at the same time because you get to talk to booksellers sure. and book yeah. lovers. And mm. you kind of, it's that really awkward thing where you're forced to do something you love doing. So you get mm. sick of it um, yeah, really yeah. quickly. So. Um, and sometimes I'll be in a room of people I would want to talk to normally, but because I've been doing it for like 20 days straight, you're, you're like, no energy. Get me out of here. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Um, I'm, I'm approaching that, that point. Um, yep. But it's been, it's been fun. It's been a real ride. And I think with debuts, it's more important that you do this stuff than yeah. if you're established. Uh, people are going to probably buy your book if they like your 
previous ones. Yeah. Um, mm. If you're a debut, you all they've got is you, yeah. basically. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're working your way to shunning the public, then. Yes, <laughs> like slowly yes. getting I'm, there. I'm sort of receding to yeah. my cave. <laughs> <laughs> Just throw and throwing you know copies of the book out. Yeah, yeah. Yes. buy it. Yeah. <laughs> buy it. Damn it. <laughs> Just like Ninja Stars. You yeah. Know, yeah, that's good. <laughs> Roll the stone in and just kind of hibernate for a while. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Goodness me. Um, yeah, so I'm looking. I'm actually really, really looking forward to getting my routine back. Yeah. Doing some exercise. I've put on a lot of weight, actually. Yeah, understandable. Uh, like, yeah. You just... Because people are buying your food generally yeah. as well. You're yep. like, cool, feed me. I'm going to And eat. you're drinking because you're yep. like, cool, there's wine at this yeah. thing. You know, like you... you so it's very unhealthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you don't exercise. I mean, is there is there one particular moment that you found more surreal than others? Perhaps where you're like, okay, this is kind of here. Because, you know, obviously there's a lot of effort that goes into getting to the, to the point where you're actually talking about your work. Was there a moment that kind of stands out where, where it all kind of hit you or where it was? Um... Yeah, I think, I mean, today the book was released in the States in hardcover. Yeah. So that, um, that was a real... Um, so this morning I had to get up at 5 a.m. to do uh, what's called an AMA, Ask Me Anything on yeah. Reddit. Oh, great. Oh. I, it's fantastic. I yeah. didn't know. I well, love Reddit. And well, my p- publisher wow. made me do it, and it's uh, it's horrible. Like I don't know <laughs> anything about Reddit. And, yeah, yeah. And oh, right. I, and I, I was like, <laughs> they kind of set it up for you. And I, it was at yeah. five a.m., so I was just like up real early. How do I? Yeah. yeah. And I was, it was a bit of a pain to be honest. But um, <laughs> it's right. and it's the day the book comes out. Yeah. In the states. Yep. And I want to sleep and have breakfast because I'm just like a little bit sort of you know mm. ambivalent. I'm a bit anxious but excited. You know, there's lots of things yeah, going on sure. um so today was a you know i sort of had that surreal feel about it that yeah. a friend of mine um bram presser who's a author in, in melbourne um mm. he's in new york and he saw it in barnes and noble and like right yeah in, in new york city and that was mm. for me that was like a wow yeah it's, it's really out there and solidified like, it yeah because yeah. like in new zealand i'm like they, they'll support you if you do anything <laughs> yeah <laughs> like that's true like yes they're like you name a sheep a funny name yeah you're in the newspaper yeah Yeah. Yeah. like you can do you can do almost anything that's just a little bit outside of the norm and and you're going to like i was on tv loads and stuff and i went over there because they're like oh cool this guy's like written a book he did things yeah 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 so um new zealand is for me wasn't an international territory i was like oh it's really cool australia um you know i'm busting my ass trying to make the book work here so and then in the states it's just so far away it's completely out of my control it's you know they've got this huge budget this huge machine over there um this marketing budget i'm gonna get a slither of that Mm. towards my book it's just this really strange Mm. thing yeah it's it's a whole nother world and i think that when you're sitting here in australia and and you see the numbers that come out of the states and you know like a bestseller here what's a bestseller here compared to a bestseller in the states it's just it's incredible to think of the scale that's going on yeah and how you know, you don't need to be a bestseller in the mm. states. Yeah, you, don't, yeah. you just don't. You no, can you just be, need to sell. You can yeah. be middling and be do great, and well, and, and you're and that's your career, and you yep. ha- and you're doing well. Um, in Australia, if you're in the top two or three percent, if mm. it's Australia only, yep. um, you, you might have a sustainable career. Yeah, a shot. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's right. There you go. Well, let's move it on to the media section, shall mm-hmm. we? Yeah, so look, I just finished uh, the latest season of Better Call Saul. 
which was uh, fantastic to wrap up. I have still yet to start season one. Oh. Or Breaking Bad. So. Okay, yeah. You know this. <laughs> I haven't no, seen like, Breaking Bad either. No. He's, it'll be a treat, though, when he does watch it and he's like, oh, wow. And then, you I know. just finished The Office, so I'm working my Which way one? through cultural touchdowns. US? US. Okay. Yeah. Have you seen the UK? I've seen the first couple episodes of the UK and I just couldn't stomach it, okay. unfortunately. I got managed to convince them to watch the US one. Um, but no, really enjoyed uh, getting Better Call Saul as it kind of moves along the, the storyline. Um, have you you've done Better Call Saul, no. Josh? Oh, you, Breaking Bad? No. Okay, so I will not oh, uh, give go. it to you yeah. two, but I will say you gotta, yeah, you got to get in there when you can. Um, but yeah, Better Call Saul continues to deliver quality um, because we, we did, Joel and I saw Vince Gilligan uh, mm. live when he was here uh, couple of years ago and yeah. really inspirational because he talks about you know um letting the scene tell the story and and vocab uh, vocab sorry uh the conversation being the cherry on top and he yeah. just does it so well that restraint in storytelling visual storytelling is all over the series yeah so, yeah d- did it again really well there so, you go so that's enjoyed. a better call soul there you yeah go. what about yourself josh um, so media I've consumed lately. We watched a show called Love. Okay. It's on right. Netflix. Yep. Um, and it's, it's just, I don't know, it's heartwarming. Yeah. But, <laughs> but re- very millennial, very like, yep. there's this kind of, you know, yeah, the Sally Rooney's, you guys are very normal people. No, so there's like this, it's kind of the Sally Rooney thing where it's like, um, super realistic in terms of like mm. their their like sexual escapades yeah. and partners and stuff yeah. and um and and you just grow so attached to these characters and it's hilarious mm. um so yeah we really got into that um in my life and there's only three seasons and then they're, they're stopping it and and oh. that's not netflix cancelling it that's they've paul, just decided paul rudge it, yeah. um and the guy who plays the main character I forget his name mm. yeah um, they cr- they created the show oh, and they you know. had this sort of vision for it and how it would go and when it was complete they thought we're not going to just mm. keep it going so it was a sort of limited um, mm. to three series right um, and it's yeah it's really incredible like it's just such such a cool show yeah yeah so um, and it's one of the shows you can you don't need to watch the entire time you can kind of cook dinner and have it yeah. on and. It's mm. like your friends. Take it in it's like your friends are chatting in the living room, and you can kind of yeah. tune in and out, and you know what the conversation's about. So yeah. it's just yeah, it was a great show. There you go. Yeah, got you've got to enjoy how Netflix gives the openings for these shows to be more experimental because oh, yeah. you know the philosophy of just giving people a go. Whereas with syndicate, you know, syndicated TV, what we kind of grew up with, there were, it feels to me like we've we've moved into the more millennial kind of style of things where I don't always connect to it necessarily, but um, I, I still enjoy the fact that that there's more risks willing to be taken. Yeah, which is I think is is fantastic and varying lengths as well. You know, the runtime yeah. doesn't have to be as strict as it is on on syndicated yeah. TV. They can one episode can be an hour and the other can be 50 minutes so what yeah. kind of freedom that gives to creators is incredible almost yeah. yeah it's it's interesting we um we've had a conversation a couple of conversations recently and i never get my hopes up with stuff like this yeah. and it's just you know th- these things never eventuate but um about film rights or call yeah. me evie sure. and um and so yesterday I was telling you the coffee story. So I met with someone um, for coffee and I wouldn't have coffee because it was like four o'clock. Or <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, that's, yeah. that's <laughs> not that's that's what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're not going to sleep. So, um, but we, no, it was five, five or 5.30. Anyway, um, we were talking about like the dramatic potential mm. and directions and whatever. And mm. the whole time I think this isn't going to happen, but <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, and something that was quite interesting was she said, oh, I see it as a, 
four-part miniseries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even, you know, there was like a two-part telly movie or like a eight-part. Sure. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like yeah. it, w- when when t- TV was the only medium for yep. you know yeah. this sort of film. Um, so I just there's just a moment when I was like, they do do that. They do yeah. do like four or yep. five or three or nine. They do do these random number episodes. Yeah, and I thought it was quite strange because you can just change the length of them. Like yeah, it's yeah. just yeah, it's just that it's like you said, it's just that freedom creators now have to do that. It's yeah, removing scheduling from being a part of the equation and just saying how long someone will watch if the story is engaging. I think it. I feel like it kind of began to happen I, for me anyway. The moment I kind of woke up to seeing this stuff was when Sherlock came out and it was like an hour mm. and a half for yeah. each episode, and you were like, "Oh wow, that's you know." That, and, and that was around the time I think that you know Netflix began began its ascendancy, and even though it was a BBC show, yeah. um, you kind of saw see more and more of that happening. And now with something like Game of Thrones. You, you even see it on HBO where it's kind of fluctuating and now they've gone for, I think they're going for longer episodes in the coming series. So yeah, I, I think it's neat that people have that creative freedom to say what is necessary to tell this story well. In the, in the best way, yeah. That's it, yeah. And, and it used to be, you know, like Friends, for instance. Yes. <laughs> so when they were making Friends, they knew at se- they had to cut it so at seven minutes it was finishing with something like yep. a gag. Yeah. And everyone goes and gets their cup of tea while the ads are on and come back. Yep. You know, like it's just yeah. because it's seven, three, seven, It was just three, perfect for they, it. They yeah. had to sort of even structure the show in a way yeah. that they could keep people watching through the ads. I yeah. wonder in one sense that while it's it's freeing, but it also might be too freeing in one yeah. sense because yeah. a lot of creative people work really well when mm. there's constraints when put there's on rules. you. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So you work within the rules. Yeah. And I've noticed this a bit with Netflix. Um, mm. You know, there's a lot of bloat occasionally mm. uh, when you could just do that scene a lot quicker and on TV you would have editors tapping on you and being like, nope, you just need to cut that. That's just extraneous. You yeah. don't need that. Yeah. With Netflix, it runs on a lot. Uh, not not always, and I'm, mm. th- this is generalizing to the extreme, but yeah. you can see how that would impact them it a lot just more. Bloats out, yeah. Exactly, it, yeah. In some ways, you'd say, oh, sorry, uh, but in some ways, you'd say, it, uh, like, really um, excellent editing is almost more necessary. Yeah. Even though yeah. you don't have the, the structure, you need someone who brings the structure and says, we need that to efficiency. Do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did you guys watch uh, Bandersnatch? The, um, no. No. Uh, the Black, Black Mirror. Black Mirror, yeah. yeah. I haven't seen you. I've only done one episode of Black Mirror. Yeah. And got to oh, get more. Do the, that, <laughs> talking of binge. Do, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Bandersnatch. It's the interactive yeah, one, right? Yeah, so it's, it's a, pick yeah. a par. Mm, yeah. And it genuinely is, pick a, you know, the paths are all different. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of different endings. Um, and, you know, that was, I think that came out at Christmas. So they always release things at Christmas. Mm. Yeah. Um, and there were four of us, I think, in the room. So it was my my dad and my stepmom, me and my brother. Mm. And there was like thirty of us at Christmas. No, no one else cared about it. As soon yep. as it came out, I go get out. <laughs> yeah, like, I gotta do. I, let I'm me be. This. Yeah. And so it came on, and and it was um like I don't know. It was like Cantonese characters or something. Like yeah. it was like a language I didn't understand. Yeah. And that, those are the options. I'm like, this is experimental. Yeah. yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, I'm like two thirds of the way through. And I'm like, yeah, this, then they, it's like a commentary on yep. how, even though you don't know what the decisions are, like, you know, like, like the impact to, you're making. Um, yeah. And mm. it turns out the language settings were just wrong. So we went. <laughs> 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 that is so good. I love it. <laughs> and, we went, 
and it just got to the point and you don't know what you're choosing and he's just yeah. you're just watching this random movie yeah and so so we saw all this stuff and we don't know what he'd chosen so yeah. we uh, we, we changed the settings went back to start yep I don't know how I was set on that um, started again mm. and then all of a sudden I was like okay cool and all of a sudden it just made sense but yeah. we'd seen this random path yep. mm. and I, we, I don't know how I got there yep. um, but it was yeah when we were watching my um, so I was pretty it can be quite affecting because yeah. it's like you mm. are making the decision and sure, people are getting yeah, hurt yeah. Mm. and my um stepmom who's like pretty sort of rugged you know mm. she she's not much gets her mm. she's like she's like joshua paul don't you hit him with the because it's like <laughs> it was like hit him with the cigarette um you know with, mm. uh, yeah yeah the, the ashtray, ashtray. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah and he's like joshua paul do not hit him with the ashtray do not hit him with the yeah, ashtray yeah. and i'm like hit him with the <laughs> ashtray <laughs> And, oh, she, right. and they, yeah. she, they all like turned away. It was, but it was, it was fun, yeah. yeah. And, but it's just the potential, you know. You, yeah. you never could have done that, this combination no. of like yeah. a kind of game and a, and a t- television show. It's, it's incredible because the well, friend of the podcast, um, Neil Renison, who's the creative director of 10 Man Games, mm. and they do a lot of interactive fiction game books, sort of Ian Livingston, Steve Jackson stuff from you know, back when. Mm. Um, and they've modernized it and done different stuff. But hearing his reactions to it is really interesting as well, because he's coming at it from a person who designs these yeah. things, yeah. Yeah. you know, regularly, and he's seeing that and thinking, "Wow, this is really exciting because it's bringing this medium to a larger audience to, to people who wouldn't yeah. rather, you know, pick up a game, right?" Yeah. So yeah, really, really interesting stuff. Um, speaking about Netflix, I've watched uh, the Umbrella Academy, mm. um, and I'm a big fan of any spec fic. I like to support it. I think that. We should be having more of this stuff out there mm. um, and hopefully less of it flops. Mm. Um, the Umbrella Academy is interesting. I like it and I also think it suffers from a bit of that bloat that I was talking about. Mm. Um, it has this really interesting ensemble dysfunctional family thing going on. That's the basic premise is a bunch of superheroes yep. who, you know, who grew up with a, uh, a father and a, um, like a stepdad, I guess, mm. who was not very good at being a dad Um, and they're all incredibly dysfunctional and they come back at his death Mm. and then they figure out how to save the world. But it it was good. Artistically, it's a great show. It's good looking. Um, It it has good character arcs, uh, but a lot of the episodes sometimes just drag. Right. Um, And you know what they're trying to do. You can see what they're setting up right at the start of the episode. Mm. and And I sort of sat back and thought, well, just get there. Yeah, you no, know, yeah. I understand the angst that goes along with all of this, mm. but there's a limit to it. So I, I'm interested to see if they continue with it. And but yeah. it, I don't know, tepid. It is interesting that you talk about that, and uh, this is kind of a setup for a segue. You'll see where I'm going. Mm. But like when we, I, I remember when I first started writing, and I get onto Reddit, um, and I go to the writing forum there, and the amount of posts that were just like people with an idea. And they're like, how can I avoid someone stealing my idea? You know, I've got a wizard (laughs) with a key. And just like, and every time, it just took people like five minutes. Someone would jump on and be like, it doesn't matter the concept. It's how you execute it that matters. Like there is concept stuff, but, you know, thinking about that, this sounds like a great concept. Like the idea of fantastic, all these superheroes growing up, coming together. I can see massive potential there, but how you execute it. Yeah. That's the thing, right? That is fun. You know, the funniest thing about that is... Mm. You go to like writers groups. Yep. Right. And someone sends in and they put a little copyright symbol on <laughs> Oh, I love that. Yeah. It's, like, it's under copyright. Yeah. yeah. It, it doesn't, it's you automatic don't need to put copyright. That. Yeah. That's true. Secondly, yeah. 
if I were to steal it, it would have to be ready to be sort of published. Yes. Yep. Yep. And if it was ready to be published, it would probably be published because you yeah. would have sent it off. <laughs> yep. So there's, it's funny, like that idea that the idea, like the sort of embryonic mm. kind of story or whatever. Yep has this intrinsic value to other people as yeah. much as it does to you yeah is is completely you know false unless you're only in it for commercial purposes and you see it as like taking your money or something like it's sure. just yeah, yeah it's really mm. funny that that concept yeah because you you establish inherent worth in the idea like mm. the idea has a specific dollar value worth yeah, to you yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it was true and you hear people sometimes say take concepts for stories and to them it's the most original yeah interesting idea that you've ever heard of and to you you're like okay I, but that's how it's sound, you immediately kind of you look for points of reference mm. and you know, they'll say, Oh, I want to do something about uh, dinosaurs getting loose in a park and going on a rampage. It's like, the, I think it was the Simpsons. Episode yeah. there. You know, I, you know, I, and you're like, Oh, you mean like Jurassic Park? They're like, no, yeah. it's completely different. It's yeah. nothing like Jurassic Park. You're like, that sounds like Jurassic yeah. Park. And you know, it's this, um, it's, it's an interesting thing that you start with the concept, but then it's also part of, of growing as a writer that you, um, you start there. And I suppose there is, I wonder if there are certain gates that you have to go yeah. through as a writer. And maybe one of the first gates is realizing that Don't there, be is, nothing, there yeah. is nothing new under the sun. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. I think yeah. uh, I've, I've, I'm pretty sure I've told a story before, but I was very young and I was writing a, a cool science fiction story that I thought was completely original about a, you know, a, an android, mm. you know, who is sort of bad, but all he wanted to do was to survive and be like, like a human. And then he yep. goes to kill his father, who is a human inventor. <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah. uh, <laughs> and, uh, you wrote a I fr- robot? So, yeah. 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 <laughs> so, yeah. I just, I'm sorry. Did you get a credit on the film? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Will Smith did a great job on that. You should be proud. So. And then, uh, and then, you know, that, and then there would be a, a tears in the rain monologue at the end. Yeah. Um, Oh, that wow, was also yeah. original, and uh, and I'd never <laughs> seen Blade Runner, right? Right, yeah, yeah. Or yeah. read. Uh, we, we, see, the thing is, when you read it, that mm. can be slightly different because the, the story is completely different in the movie. Yeah. Um, but a friend of mine read that and thought, hmm, you haven't seen Blade Runner, have you? And I was oh, like, wow. no, I've been meaning to. Is it like this? <laughs> so yeah, yeah, there you go. There it's it tragic. <laughs> Damn it! I nearly had it. Yeah, so close. There you go. Um. Let's move on to the, the topic of the podcast, shall we? Because it's a pretty natural transition, even with this. This is just the day for perfect segues. Josh just brings out the best in us, yeah, I this think. Is, I, mm. know, I know where this is going. And yeah. I'm, we're already there. Yeah, yeah we're, right. we're here. It's finished. Um, <laughs> and, and that's getting better, right? Uh, you come up with an idea. That's the start. You start writing, and the hope is that one day people will get to see that writing. Oh, some people write for themselves as well, mm. which is completely valid. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I suppose there's this little bit in between that people talk about and the, the, the reason there's a lack of tangible advice a lot of the time is it's super subjective, right? Mm. And that is getting better. How do you yeah. get better as a writer when you start? And, and obviously there's tools along the way and stuff that you can do, but it's not just how you get better, but how do you recognize that you're better, mm, that it's yeah. worth yeah, even yeah, that, trying? Yeah. yeah. And that's a tricky spot. Um, it, it's tough, you know. Um, I, I, I do manuscript assessments, and it's interesting to see the manuscripts that are sent in and looking at the varying levels of, oh, this is, you know, publication ready, and this is, it needs a lot of work, and then, you know, you, yeah. could, you could try and, and pitch. And both, both those people think they're the same. 
Exactly. Place. And a lot of the yeah. time they think they're the same place. And it, it's, a, it's, it's not so much walking on eggshells, but you want to try and give them the best kind of advice possible of being like, all right, yeah. these are the steps you need to take to, to get yeah. this here. And that's tough, right? But with you, Josh, when you were getting um, this book out there, wanting to get it out, it wasn't the easiest. Here's the manuscript. I'm going to pitch it to agents. We're done. Right, yeah. it it there was a period of growth um, yeah. there as well. I mean, I'm gonna evoke Tolstoy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this is how far I've come. Wow. <laughs> this is how sophisticated. All right, let's right. go. No, no, let's it's go. that thing. You know, all um, happy families are alike, and all unhappy families are unhappy in their own way. Mm. It's like with writing. You know, good writing has has all the elements of good writing. Yeah. You know, there's certain things you, that all good writing has. Yep. Um, mm. And that's not punctuation. You know, great writing mm. doesn't... I just read a book that ha- does not have a single full stop. Mm. The entire right. book. It's yeah. called wow. Solar Bones. Um, mm. and, it's, and it was incredible. Yeah. So it's not punctuation, but there is something about good writing. And bad writing it could be one thing with one story and one thing with another mm. and it could mm. be a whole bunch of things and you just it's just that's why there's no uniform sort of rules because it depends on on what you need to sort of improve yeah. upon um so for me i, I kind of had that sort of approach that um anything is practice mm. so even yeah. if i don't need to work on something i can still yeah. work on it. Mm. it it doesn't hurt because you are you you're in it's like so i'm gonna sort of grasp at a metaphor here it's like you're sort of um you know you're building a house completely in the dark Mm. right you're building this house yeah from the ground up and you have no idea what it looks like Mm. and then you get feedback from someone and suddenly Mm. for 10 seconds you the lights are on and you can see and you say, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. The bathroom needs to be bigger. You know, you, yeah, you yeah, just, yeah. it's like for some reason you can't achieve yeah. that level of objectivity mm. or that distance from the project. You, someone needs to turn the lights on for you and say, cool. Yeah. Um, you know, the characterization is great or you, you've got a real ear for dialogue. But yeah. this yeah. needs thing. And then there's something about when you first send work off as well. So mm. you submit work. Someone asked me at a panel the other day, said, how do you know when your work's ready to submit? Mm, mm. Or how do you know when you're finished editing? Yeah. Right, yeah. Right? And I said, yeah. I said, um, you'll know what you need to edit mm. about 10 seconds after you send it. Yeah. yeah. So you yeah. send it off and all of a sudden you're, you can read it as though you're the <laughs> yeah. person receiving that email or whatever. Yeah, and you're like... That's and then you're like, true. this really sucks. Or yeah. whatever, you know, like, yeah, yeah. why yeah. did I do that? So all of a sudden, you know, when you start to think about the audience as well, mm. that's when you can really sort of appreciate your work objectively. But, you know, some some people more than others have just get too close to their work, mm. are quite sentimental about changes and sure. feedback. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and just, just you, there's a, you, it's more about growing up as a writer. It's mm. not about mm. necessarily growing. It's about looking at it um, and and being mature about it yeah. yeah yeah even even with you ian like you've you've gone through the the publishing thing of like mm. you started with self-publishing and now yeah. you're pitching agents mm. you know have you noticed the, that feeling of like yes i've i've gotten better my tangibly mm. my writing skills are stronger yeah. absolutely like you, when you go i it's 
I, there's that, what's that annoying uh, saying, you know, an artist is never truly satisfied because they look back at their work and they're like, oh, I could have done that better, you know, yeah. so that, I wish I'd never read that because it is stuck <laughs> yeah. in my head and I was like, oh, it's true. Yeah. You know, I look back and uh, I look at the very first thing that I did in self-publishing and like, I could see myself repeating a word twice in the same sentence and I was like, and I just fired it off. I was like, ah, oh, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And now that would really annoy Looks me. Looks great. Yeah. yeah, I just said, and I remember the sentence um, just really bothered me. Mm. And so I was like, okay, so that was the first moment I could kind of see that I had progressed, that I spotted that. I mean, you, you have, you talk about growing up as a, as a writer, Josh, and I think that the maturity um, comes from, you know, we, we talk about that stage when you're at the concept stage. Just think about, I remember seeing someone on, um, sorry, I'm jumping all over the place, but no, I have a, th- a thread here. Uh, I, I remember on Humans of New York, uh, there was a very short interview with someone who said they'd been drafting for, for like, eight years or something and yeah. you know there were all these writers on there going please just start writing like well they're not drafting they've been creating the world and like world building oh, oh dear and all these writers are just like just start writing would you please just write yeah. you know like yeah. just do something but in some ways i wonder if there's there's a fear there as well of like once i start writing this will i see see it for what it is will i begin to, will can i do it you know until you begin and you write yourself into it and that's what it is is that you just everything is practice you've just got to start writing and I don't think you're ready to learn those lessons when you start out. I mean, I, I know that I I always took the point of view that um, because I started in self-publishing and rushed into it way too fast, mm. I always just took the view that I may not necessarily be the best writer, but I want to be a hard-working writer. Mm. And I think in being hard-working and, and being willing to listen to feedback and willing to say nothing is, is sacred in this work, um, you open yourself up to good good outcomes you know yeah. where people can give you feedback can say i think this could be improved or this is trash you know whatever so i i feel like it's that attitude that you have to learn to have and I, it's actually probably unfortunate if you've got a terrible attitude and, and you write something really good yeah and you get that, picked up because you you may not learn the lesson that you need to get the next thing yeah, out there yeah. yeah yeah which is not entirely uncommon so there's like you know there's books that are awfully written but a fantastic stories yes. yes and and they um and the and and the writer will never achieve the same level of success yeah again well you know it's not completely uncommon for debuts that are really well written as well mm. but i know certain debuts are, are great stories great concept yep very the poor execution, execution but yeah. still sell a, a load and mm. um and then what happens is they don't the, the learning stops yep. yeah um yeah. So I think I mean it's an endless apprentice mm. uh, apprenticeship. So you you mm. you always can get better as a writer. But there's that thing, like you said, um, and you know, as time passes, it's really good to reflect. I think mm. so. Mm. You there's no validation from the outside world when you're sitting there and you're just tapping away and mm. you're not getting any feedback. There's no way to know if you've got better. There's no way to know if it's any good because, mm. like I said, you're too always too close to the work. One thing you can do is read something you wrote five years ago yeah. and gone, that's yeah. awful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, this, you so, so that, that. Is, yeah. that is progress. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can see that there's a sort of linear growth. Yeah. You, know, you yeah. can see that you have gone better. Um, so that's, that's really encouraging because like five years ago, mm. th- that version of you thought you were probably pretty close to yeah. publishable. Yep. You know, or, or, or you thought you were a lot more advanced than you were. It's like mm. that thing, you know, you, everyone who finishes or graduates with like a creative writing degree mm-hmm. or, or when people decide to write, um, it doesn't happen so much anymore, but there used to be a thing where people would put like, um, I'm, I, you know, I'm going to win the 
mm. you know 2015 Booker Prize yeah. or something yeah. you know like everyone's sort of yeah. done yeah. something like that yeah, oh yeah sure. you know like yeah. that's their goal and then that that's like it'll usually be like three or four years away yeah it's yeah. like you got a lot of work to yeah. do, you know yeah it's it's just this really funny thing where we we as writers um the more ambitious you are and the more underdeveloped the the further ahead you tend to think you are mm. yes. and then yeah. you sort of realize as you're getting better and growing as a writer that there's more work you don't know how much you know yeah you know it's yeah. That you don't know how much you don't know when yep. you start out and then you slowly the more you know the more you realize you don't actually understand yeah. so you kind of yeah I, th- I think so much about it is reflection and just looking back and seeing that there has been growth yeah right? I think one of the hardest things to do also is when, when, you've, when you're starting a project is to realize you're not there yet. Mm. You know, when you know that the idea doesn't match the skill set that you currently have. Mm. And that can be a good thing because you realize that. But it can also be a heartbreaking thing of being like, man, I, I know how this goes in my head. It's just the translation of it is not there yet. Yeah. You know, I, I had one of those moments a good couple of years ago when I was trying... Uh, like you know I plotted out uh, a, a very I'm, I'm more of a pants I just work my th- way mm. through the novel but I have just a brief dot outline of first act yeah. second act third act if, if that's the way it goes mm. um, and then I and I worked myself into the novel and then I started writing in about a chapter and I realized nope <laughs> this yeah. is a good novel yeah. that you know not not there yet yeah. um, there's this really good quote uh there's a documentary, which I think is a wonderful documentary for any creative person to watch, which is Jodorowsky's Dune. It's a really good documentary mm. about um, Alejandro Jodorowsky, the director, yeah, and and about his attempts at making the movie Dune, which didn't happen, and then we got David Lynch's uh, monstrosity. Mm. Um, <laughs> but uh, there was a quote that he said that he they went to the Disney executives to get the movie funded, and the mm. exec said... Um, this is an amazing thing. You know, it's, it's a brilliant idea. And they had the whole mm. storyboard. And he said, and like the Concord, it'll never, it'll never happen. Yeah, right. Right? Like wow. the idea is amazing. Yeah. And it's just not going to work. Yeah. yeah. And that's an awful thing as a writer. When you're putting it down, you're like, hmm, just not there yet. Either you didn't get, you, you know, you're maybe not there emotionally. You can't identify with these characters yeah. yet, yeah. you know? The characters are going through things that you can't even begin to think about or even yeah. express. Maybe yeah. your language skills aren't there. Mm. Um, and that's hard. It's often craft, like yeah. a craft thing as well. Because mm. usually people will have an amazing... It's, it's seldom is it the idea. Yes. Yeah. It's yep. bad. It's usually yeah. a craft issue. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was, I was going to say, you know, I read a... Um, I've read a few old short stories that I thought mm. were really good mm. and some of them were published. Yeah. Um, yep. And there was one I hadn't read in years, but I had to, at a, had a writer's festival mm. um, in New Zealand. I was, I was going to, they asked me to do a reading on this walk thing and I was yeah. going to read mm. from, um, from the book and they said, oh, can it be set in, in my hometown? Mm. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, there's that short story and it was published. I was like, someone yep. agreed to publish it. Mm. And um, I didn't read it and I, I was finding it in my emails, found it on my phone. And yeah. I, and I was reading it and yeah. I was like, this, this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, why did they publish yeah. this? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, people there were probably like, oh, this is this, okay. Yeah. Good stuff, but yeah. I just was like, I was like, this, I remember the yeah. story being amazing. Yeah. Um, and, I, and, and while I was reading, I was like, I was imagining the ways I would 
do it now. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing with, so you can, my imagining of the actual story and the narrative's the same, mm. but how I would write it has yes. changed. Yeah. yeah. So there's, there's that sort of learning as well. There's a rhythm. It's, it's it, in the way that music has rhythm and, and art has strokes and styles. Writing has a, you know that rhythm we all yeah. know. And you can't. Beat. Yeah, it's just like you wouldn't expect a funk artist to necessarily sit down and do something classical, right? Yeah. And so so it is with writing. Yeah. And learning your own rhythm and what works for you is is that hassle. And so you know, I did write a blog post about that once. Uh, you know, writing myself out of being C.S. Lewis uh, when I first started because you know that's obviously that was a big influence for me growing up. So yeah. I wanted to be like that, and so I had to nip that whimsy in the butt a bit you know because that was what yeah. i was that's well, i was Cormac mccarthy yeah like, right yeah, there you go see yeah, yeah. you just and you, you know and you can see that looking back i'm like okay i was like wanting to talk to the audience directly in brackets and i'm like yeah. okay i would never do that now <laughs> but at times i still find myself occasionally wanting to do it because yeah. i felt like oh it's like the crayon drawing of c.s lewis yeah. or Cormac mccarthy yeah yeah exactly. yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly, but like right. if you get them okay it's two things mm. yeah so Cormac mccarthy's first novel wouldn't be even looked at yep. now, yeah, yeah, because it's just sure. so stylized and mm. so challenging, um, and possibly CS Lewis. So yep. th- there's yep. a couple of things to consider there. You know, if you are you're, you're writing for an audience that doesn't exist anymore, yeah. as well when yeah, you're writing these styles. Yep. Second thing is if you get particularly Cormac McCarthy wrong, a millimeter <laughs> yeah, wrong, yeah, a millimeter wrong, it <laughs> is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah it's not bad. Yeah. It is like it is like hilarious. Yeah. Like yeah. It's you're just, trying to be. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's um. So you, there's that as well. Like mm. it's, it's it's flying. You know, it's Apollo 13. It's like the moon is there, just a little bit off. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> so you got this. You're gonna a miss. little bit off. Uh, and and I think learning to spot that. Like I didn't. It was a long time down the track. You know, years down the track when I first had that realization of who I who I had been trying mm. to be. I'd already kind of written myself out of that by then, but. You know, I, I could see it. Also, like potentially spotting bad advice is another way to see that you've you've grown up. Like I, I call it the King Club. Like the people who are like Stephen King says. He's <laughs> yeah, yeah. like, oh, Stephen yeah. King says a lot of things, and he's great yeah. for what he is. But what Stephen King says is not right for you. He was on yeah. cocaine for a yeah. bunch of the time. <laughs> That's not good advice. Yeah, the King Club. <laughs> yeah, the, the King Club. And again, it's. Uh, I, I must say I did unsubscribe from the Reddit writing forum because it was constantly Stephen Stephen King leaping up in my thing. I'm like, ah, yeah. Yeah. So you know, there's only so much that you can handle that. But you know, spotting advice that you're like, no, that's not true for me. Now, for someone else, it might be. Mm. But actually, being able to say, being sure of something that is true for you, is very helpful. Now, you need to temper that by if if you say, oh no, I don't do that because of this, and someone else says, well, as a result of that choice, your writing is not working yeah if you get that from a credible source you can reconsider it but i I think looking at things dogmatically is dangerous right Uh, you know if this author says this is the way you write a book and then you base your entire writing principle on that that's Mm, risky it it might work but it's risky Mm. i i like reading a lot of inside baseball-y like writing stuff i just find it fun but i see it as more of let's see how this person looks at writing rather than this is my this is my melway yeah. To um, yeah. wait, does that exist anymore? No ways. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Can. Okay. All right. That's yeah. a good like Google Maps. All right. Yeah. yeah. I should have said that. <laughs> I mean, um, no one under the age of twenty-five or not. You're okay. Or outside yeah. of Melbourne. Yeah. 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 There we so, go. so yeah, it's, it's it. your Google Maps. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's not. You know, it, yeah. it shouldn't be a dogmatic yeah. thing. It should be just looking at ways that people do things. And it's stifling, I think. If yeah. You, if you do follow rules, it's so much yeah. advice yeah. out there. So that's why you know that's why when I say 
that's going back to the Tulsi thing. Yeah. You, you know, mm. the bad writing, if, yeah. it's, if what's making it bad doesn't... If what's making it bad, you can't identify it or someone can't identify it for you, yeah. but someone says, oh, mm. your sentences should be short or, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> or don't way. use yeah. adjectives mm. or whatever. Yeah. You know, if someone says that to you and you think that's going to fix it when it's not, mm. yeah. you know? So it's almost like you can't really diagnose yourself. There's something about yeah. feedback that... Yeah. That mm. sort of, and so the other quote is, when someone says something's not working, mm. they're always right, and when they tell you how to fix it, they're always they're wrong. They're wrong. Yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. 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 So it's that same thing, you know. Like you kind of just, mm. it's just all about um, reflecting and just trying to, I guess, just trying to learn without being yeah dogmatic, without yeah. being dogmatic about it. Space is a wonderful thing. I did, you know, thinking about Hemingway. I did use there's something called the Hemingway Editor online, and like, oh, yeah, no, I remember no, this. Yeah, that, I remember it, this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It so great. I, I it's funny. used it. Now, actually, it, at the time, it was good for me to use it because it actually made me look at my work and say, okay, you know, is does there? It, does it identify every like objective? <laughs> it's, it's, there's something weird. About it, yeah, it, it, it has like it's, a rule about it. But what was good about it is it it's identifies like one every. Yeah. That's yeah. right. It has like a certain percentage you should have and all that stuff. And it, it tells you what grade you're writing at as well. <laughs> and like, I actually, yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. It's like, you should be writing at a fifth grade. Like, okay, yeah. whatever. But it did at the time that I downloaded it and used it. Actually, it was really, it was what I needed right then. Yeah. Like, it might it, not have done its job, but it helped you identify that's something. That's right. Yeah. yeah. It's talking about, you know, what it identified might not have been the thing, but it, it was showing me a habit of some long sentences I was doing, like not for good reasons, yeah. like just yeah. a, a consistency of those, which was making it, you know, there was exactly. something that wasn't working. Yeah. So, and you know, that was maybe oh four years ago. I don't think I've opened it like in a very long time. It's still there on well, my laptop. Wasn't the, the famous thing that I can't remember if it was a guest on the podcast said mm. that when it analyzed Hemingway's work, yeah. it found it wasn't very good. <laughs> that wasn't Hemingway enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. It wasn't Hemingway. Enough. So, like, yeah. I guess there's a thing in those tools that that can be really helpful, but it's it's the right advice for the right moment and. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and it's also getting advice from sources that you know, are, are, know what they're talking about. You know, yeah, yeah. getting advice from a spouse or from a family member mm. might be good as a reader's perspective. Mm. But you know, if, if 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 like you said, Josh, it's when they're d- diagnosing the problem, it's like, oh, okay, this is this is yeah. the problem. Yeah. Now this is what you should do. Yeah. You know, it throws it mm. into a whole different ballgame. I remember there was an editor who who told me something that really helped me you know, 360, oh, this Mm. is why these sentences aren't working, is I was using a very similar sentence structure in particular scenes, like Uh, over and over and over again. So it became quite exhausting to read through it because the the action's reflective, right? It's the the samurai movie thing where if if the um, swordsman runs at you, you don't see the wound, and then you see the wound after. That's the sentence structure. Mm. So you get the the payoff at the end of the sentence, but the setup's all the like yeah, yeah. in the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's the reverse. But if you constantly keep using that, yeah, the reader's sort of getting bored of of the story and not realizing why. Mm. Yeah. So that was a really prescient piece of advice that the that the editor gave me. But again, mm. that's that's tailor made. You can't say that yeah. to another author and be. Yeah. You yeah, because yeah, it would be different if they do that once. Whole manuscript would be great. Yeah. Yes. Um, if you say you got to cut cut those out. Yeah. Yeah. Know. 
The, yeah. the master of that would be, for example, George R. R. Martin. Just absolutely masterful at, at illusion at, at the key moments, and you think it's gone one way, and then or it catches you. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about out. the pages of food description. Oh, yeah, the pages of food description. <laughs> right. So I've been trying to do that actually. I've been trying to do more food description. So I stop my story every you know six chapters as a rule. Yeah. To have at least half a chapter. Just a banquet and just, yeah. just solid. Banquet, just describe you know, the food. And I've done extensive research <laughs> just into Gordon Ramsay the food. On yeah, the table. That's it, just Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> That. Um, it's been, but I, I would say as well, just jumping back to something you said quite a while ago, Josh. Um, I've had an interesting year for writing because you know we've got a, a young son, is ten months old, and uh, I've found it hard to find time to write. So I've written in two places, on the bus <laughs> and during my lunch times. Yeah, and I have bashed out a novel that I would say is definitely not my best work, but I was really intent on doing something. Yeah, and I knew I didn't have the time or the. Um, the focus to edit, which is what I want to do. Yep. So I said, okay, I'm just going to take the story. I'm just going to run with it. Mm. So we're, you know, 70,000 70, words in and I'm like, yep, tying it up. Uh, and I know it's not my best work, yeah. but I really took the attitude that I'm just, I want to do process. something. It's I the process of getting better. Yeah. yeah. I want to keep growing. I want to keep writing. If I've only got, you know, a half hour on the bus, half hour on the bus it is with this story. And yeah. if I end up having to throw the whole thing out and say, let's do this again, at least I've learned some lessons. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's like rules. Yeah. Mm. You're saying like sometimes people, I think writers without rules, it, it can be a little bit stifling. Cause yeah. You, mm. you, you know, you can do anything. It's yep. like if you say to a kid, draw something. Mm. They don't know like, <laughs> they don't know what to yeah. do. They're paralyzed. They're like, yeah. What do I do? Yeah. If you say draw a cat, it's mm. got done like that. Yeah. So I think there is something about that as well. Just having like a limit or ha- having, yeah. you know, you, you have to do it within this time and mm. you do do it. Whereas if you've got all day at home, you might pick up the guitar, you yeah. might make a cup of tea, yep. so, which yep. is what I do every day. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's yeah. some, yeah, that, that right amount of pressure to give you focus yes. also helps. I mean, um, when I, I had a, I was made redundant at a certain stage and that's when I bashed out the, the end of a third novel that I was writing. And uh, it was, I was job hunting in the morning. I was writing in the afternoon. I had like the set time and that, and that pressure helps mm. you to kind of uh, get your focus on because yeah. you know that, you know, the time is precious. Yeah. 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 But like if you have eight hours of unbroken time to work, mm. that's intimidating. Yeah. So you know if I'm starting right now, yep. there's a chance Absolutely. I could be here eight hours later. Where yep. if you've got mm. if you've got half an hour, forty minutes, an hour, you're like, that's the longest I can possibly yep. do this. So I'm gonna start right now. Yeah. yeah. So there is something almost motivating, a bit of impetus and, and mm. that's a limitation. One one famous example was um, David Gamel, the, the the fantasy writer. Mm. He uh, was diagnosed with cancer and mm. he had the the doctors gave him a year to live. Yeah. So he wrote the novel that he always wanted to write because he was a journalist and mm. he had, it always wanted to, to write fiction, specifically fantasy, and do something that he loved. Mm. Um, and he based it on that if he was going to die if if he was getting close then he, the main character would would die yeah. and then if he lived uh, you know it would go on that way mm. um and he lived and, and Gamel mm. survived for that he, he eventually passed away a few years later um sadly uh but he he survived and then realized that it was better if the character died <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you know nice. that motivation to be mm. what's important in life i need to do this novel yeah. you know, this yeah. is what i want to do Th- thinking about time as well i think one thing that i did for myself 
that really helped was just to breathe out mm. because there is so much um, anxiety and this real intensity. In- internalize a lot. And, yeah. And, yeah, especially in writers. And you, you sense it at writers' festivals sometimes. All the this person, nervous buzz. Yeah, there's yeah. nervous buzz. There's a person yeah. who's like, could I get discovered today? You know, that kind of yeah. that, Could I speak to a person on the stage? Yeah, and then maybe they look that, at my manuscript. Right. I'm going to give them this yeah. manuscript. Oh, yeah. And to everyone else, that seems like a faux pas. And like, oh, who would do that? But to that person, they they just stifled inside and yeah, they just, yeah, yeah. That's right. It's knotted energy. Yeah. Exactly. And I think yeah. breathing out and just saying, you know, it, this is going to take as long as it takes, but let it's it breathe. Be, it's, yeah. Let it breathe. It's yeah. got to be right. Yeah. It's yep. got to be right. Yeah. Just going back to something you said before mm. about it's not your best work. You just get it down on the page. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> um, something I've went through, I went through a period of practice manuscripts. Mm. Mm. And yeah. I might have I mentioned this last time I was on the podcast, maybe not, but I'd I lost the manuscript, yeah. so yeah. the hard drive blew up, and I lost it, and um, I was pretty devastated. But also, I if you have that mentality that it's all practice, yeah, that's yeah. less devastating. Mm. And then you don't put this pressure on yourself to have achieved something within a certain time yeah. frame. You just sort of like I'm everything's practice. I'm always getting better. Yep. And then you might get to a point where you're like, hey, this is pretty good. Or someone said this yeah. is really good. And then you can start to sort of look at sharing Absolutely. it. Mm. Um, I, so I rewrote like a couple of classics, like a couple of my favorite novels. Mm. And just put my characters in and put them in my place and with no intention of publishing them. Yep. yep. Right. And that was fun. Mm. And that's, that's a really nice place to be because you're like, no one's ever going to read these. Yeah. 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 And you but it was deliberate of, practice. Yeah, but yeah. you can, and that's I think that's the best yeah. practice you can do mm. is to sort of crack the, you know, the cover off the off the clock and look mm. at the inner workings, yeah. Yeah. and then and try to rebuild it. Mm. Yep, um, exactly how it was, and you can see how everything works. So I think there is real, you mm. know, there's so much more to gain. Yep. from writing purely to learn to write than yeah. to write thinking this first draft that I'm knocking down <laughs> yep. right now is this going to be a New York Times the, yep. bestseller in six months. Here like we some go. people <laughs> actually believe that. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm. So it's better to just, ha- instead of putting it, like, like you said, like it's, mm. if, even if it's not your best work, it's, it's good to sort of have that freedom to just sort of write. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I think that is a perfect stopping point for the episode. Uh, thank you, Josh, for coming on the podcast. No thank you so much for having me. It's great to have you back. You. Why don't you tell us about what you've got coming up and events, uh, uh, social media. <laughs> Plug yourself. Uh, okay. Uh, book writing-wise? Everything. Okay. Um, so, Call Me Evie's obviously out. I haven't been plugging it. My publicist is going to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized that's the first time I've mentioned the yeah. name. Uh, it's so all right. I mentioned it at the start of the podcast. Oh, okay, so yeah, we yeah. can bookend it now. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Yeah. Uh, so Call Me Evie's out at the moment. Book two is um, slated for publication in mm-hmm. January. It's a cult novel. So I've been editing that and it's been a lot of fun. Um, Twitter? Yeah. Everything absolutely. is it's uniform now. You can change your handle and stuff. So I'm, oh, really? I'm oh. JP. Um, yeah, Pumare. There yeah, you go. Everything. Everything. Uni- Insta. Uniform branding. Facebook. Well done. Everything. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Very um, good. Yeah. That's it. Those are my. Fantastic. Ian, where can people find you? What have you got coming up? Yeah. Well, uh, I'll be, uh, by the time this comes out, Speculate uh, Festival. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It's all happening. <laughs> that's yeah. a thing. That's a thing. <laughs> next week. Uh, so, yeah, next week from when we're recording this. So, yeah, looking forward to, to that. And then. Um, yeah, I'm just going to be swanning around on Twitter apart from that, tweeting cat gifts. Yeah. Uh, so you can find me at IH Laking. It's going to be good. And uh, yeah, I'm going to start documenting down a bit more of my uh, writing experience this year, which is going to be fun. 
Absolutely. Um, well, I hope to do the exact same. I hope to actually put some content on my. Uh, if if there was a use by date to my website, it would have. It's the milk is off. Like it is smelling. It's bad. No it's, one lives in the house anymore. <laughs> yeah, the subscribers have left. They're like, it's this is a dump. Now. Yeah, it's, yeah. Just, yeah, it's just awful. Uh, but I hope to do some stuff this year when I get back to my own deliberate practice. Um, mm. And I'm hoping to, to to talk about my process and getting some short stories out there. Um, yeah, it's, it's exciting. So you can follow me at the Pen of Joel on Twitter, or the website is the same, thepenofjoel.com. Uh, I think it's .com.au. Yeah, that's the one. I don't even know my own address. There you go. Um, you can follow Speculate, specfic.com.au. Uh, when this goes out on, on the day it goes out, on Wednesday next week, it'll be two days, mm. and then Speculate's a thing. Uh, Speculate 19, we have an amazing list of speakers. Um, please do come along, say hi, and yeah, just uh, again, about that idea of breathing out, that's the whole event. It's not about that nervous energy. Just talk to people who do the same thing that you do. Yep. Um, chill, have a great time, uh, and we will see you there. Uh, thank you for listening, and we will see you on the next episode.